HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more at robertaspizza.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes, we're taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider. Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States. From the science of fermentation. So yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus. To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, I'm Jimmy Carboni, and today is November 5th, 2019. We've got some great guests joining us tonight to talk about Justin Kennedy's new book, The Bucket List, Beer, 1,000 Adventures, Pubs, Breweries, and Festivals. So let's go around the room and introduce everybody. Hey, I'm Justin Kennedy. Justin, it's so great to have you back, man. You are a producer for over six years, and uh, so proud of you with your new book. Um, is it already out? It's available? Yeah, it's available now. It came out uh, October 22nd. Well, congratulations. And once again, Thank it's you. the, what's the name of it? It's the... <laughs> the Bucket List Beer, uh, 1,000 Adventure, I don't know. <laughs> Read it, it's right there. <laughs> well, we got the cruise. Everybody, everybody's here to celebrate, and they're featured in your book, so... Hey, 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 it's Evan Watson from Plan B Farm Brewery. So, Evan, you're, you're featured, there's a little section about... So this book is amazing. It's really it's like, small compared to all these other <laughs> They're all true. small. For There's some a thousand reason. destinations, and one of them is the Hudson Valley. So, Yeah, so it range, the entries range from, I don't know, 60, 50, 60 words to 200 words. And the Hudson Valley has a pretty large entry, 200 plus words. And Evan's awesome brewery is featured. Evan, do you feel special? 72 words. I feel that special. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then a uh, pub owner here. Hi, I'm Catherine from the Blind Tiger. 
were lucky enough to be featured in the book. One as of well. my favorite. So Catherine Cuff. So you're in the so so. Uh, what section is is Blind Tiger in? So for Blind Tiger, it's in the New York City section. Um, the book is arranged geographically, and uh, yeah, there's an entry there about the uh, the the Christmas in July festival you guys do. I want to say it's to me it's a very cool book. I, thank you for the advanced copy and it's beautiful. A lot of photos. I know you had a lot of collaborators, but at first it took me back to places that I'd always wanted to go, like Montreal and Dudeciel and places yes. in Belgium and, and Copenhagen and England and even our good old friend uh, in Cooperstown. Belgian comes to Cooperstown. Yeah. How, how did you put together the list of of all these different festivals and breweries and places? Well, a lot of it's just like you know personal experience over the last what, 10, 12, 15 years <laughs> of drinking and uh, going to festivals and going to breweries and bars and stuff. So, you know, just kind of thinking about what I thought was what stands out to to me in terms of, like, great festivals, great bars, great breweries, great beers. Uh, there's some tours in there, you know, like, you know, specific uh, specific things that are that are worth going out of your way to to, to experience. What what are a couple that that you you that really appeal to your interests? You know, um, in terms of festivals, yeah, or, like festivals, destinations. Yeah, Give so that's couple. I mean, festivals are like a dime a dozen these days, and a lot of them kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> so, I was thinking about what you know festivals that are unique in some regard. So something that's uh, you know, I was just at the Shelton Brothers Festival. That's an, an example of a festival. The, the festival. The festival. Now you're brave. Even Evan doesn't get invited to that. No, no. I think he's been to one or two. No, no. no. Thanks uh. for bringing it up. <laughs> um, so you know, for that one, it's it's a mix of a lot of import, a lot of imported beers and domestic beers, um, and the the brewers themselves, I think, are required to be there. So there's or somebody from the brewery, uh, which I think is a uh, a major part of a, a great festival is having somebody who can talk about the beer to the festival attendees there and they don't oversell it either. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of people there, but it's not like crazy. Uh, no, that's crazy great. Crowded, there's yeah. so much in that book. It's really, so Catherine, you really got inspired by this book. Uh, you brought, so <laughs> tell us about your bucket list. And um, I think you brought, you brought a couple of beers in too. I did. So one of my all time, just favorite, beers is or breweries is it uh the dre fontaine fontaine and i brought the oud creek and we're drinking it right now and as evan was smelling it he, he said <laughs> what did you say funky, funky. <laughs> everything i do gonna be funky <laughs> <laughs> from now on and that's how this beer makes you feel and it's just delicious <laughs> it is yeah and uh so, so th this brewery's in your list as well yeah so dre is definitely in in the in the in the list there and uh you know they were at the shelton brothers festival and it was cool to to see people lining up for that type of beer rather than the hazy ipas or whatever so Evan, what's on your beer bucket list is there some place you really want to go you've never been or oh, um besides yeah, going I to poughkeepsie i mean what? i want to go to plan b farmhouse now <laughs> and see it in its glory oh it's always glorious jimmy what are you talking about um i think personally a time and a space, um, you know, I think my bucket list would involve a time machine. It involved like going back to drinking real ale that semester I got to study abroad in Scotland or whatever. And uh, as a 20 year old and being in those pubs, I mean, 
or um, you know the first the first boon goose I ever had or mariage parfait because things you know you wear down your palate you wear down uh, experience after a certain amount of time I don't know I I I, I'm looking forward, I, one of my favorite things, I mean, bucket list, I guess that means things to do before I'm six feet and uh, taking a dirt nap, right? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> before I kick the uh, yeah, old Yeah, the alternative the old title bucket. could have been uh, 1,000 thing, Things to Drink Before You Die or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to go to Orval. I know John Hall, your rival um, radio podcaster, is in He's there Orval right now. Right, yeah. right now. I'd like to go there. That's an important beer. I know uh, Catherine probably. Yeah, that's definitely in the list. And I think, um, I mean, time travel is not part of the beer, uh, uh, part of the book. But uh, you're right. Going back to experience different things at different times would be amazing. Well, it's actually relevant because in the book in England, like, for example, you have um, Hook Norton, which is a brewery in England. And tell us about that. There's some traditional traditional methods. Yeah, so it's a mix. I mean, like McSorley's is in there. You know, I think. McSorley's the beer sucks, but it's a cool experience, right? Went from Hook Norton to McSorley. <laughs> well, I'm just uh, <laughs> Hook Norton is a gravity felled uh, uh, fueled like uh, they're you know that's a beautiful. I'm just talking about yes, but you know it's not just about <laughs> my apologies to Hook Norton, but yeah. um, it's you know it's about institutions, I guess is what I was trying to sure. bring up with that. It's uh, you know, McSorley's is not my favorite place to drink, but it's a place you should go, you I think, at least go. a couple of times and experience it. I'm going, um, sorry to, you know, take this in a way, but this this weekend on Saturday, I rarely get to come to the city except for the times that Jimmy asks me or Justin asks me to come down and say ridiculous things on a podcast. <laughs> but I'm coming with a friend of mine who runs Rossi's Delicatessen, amazing delicatessen, just got rated the best sandwich in New York up in Poughkeepsie and we're coming at without children down to the city and I'm I'm creating a list of places to go and one of those places is McSorley's Great. just out of nostalgia because yeah. you got to you got to smell it's that you got to get the cheese plate. two doors from my house bro you <laughs> right. call and, me and but the first one we're we're settling down in is the Blind Tiger Ale House which is of know, course iconic and an important corner where store. else are you going Evan I'm trying to figure it out yeah you got to look at the book. I mean, so in New York City, let's go, let's stick to the book. But So there's some neighborhoods. Tell us about another neighborhood we should visit in New York. For uh, I mean, one of my favorite neighborhoods to go to drink in is Gowanus because there are so many great breweries there. you got Three's Brewing, uh, Folk's Beer, Other Half. Uh, Finback is opening a tasting room there. Um, Strong Rope is there. And I think, let's see, within the next year, Six Point and Collective Arts will also have breweries, uh, shiny new expensive breweries open in that neighborhood. So, you know, just touring around there. And then Transmitter is now not too far away. Um, So, yeah, anytime someone comes to New York City and asks for, if I need to go to one neighborhood to visit breweries, where do I go? I always say, go on us. Yeah. Catherine, how did you feel about having Blind Tiger on the list? Oh, I I was so happy. That's... um you know, the Blind Tiger in New York has been around for so long back when there were only a few craft beer bars. Um, I think we were number two in Manhattan. And um, but now there's, you know, there's literally hundreds and people do a really great job. And there's so many great places that you can go to drink. So just to be included on um, a list like this as one of the New York representatives is just, you know, it's it's exciting and it's an honor because it used to be if you're in the craft beer world, you absolutely knew what the Blind Tiger was. And now that's not necessarily the case. So, and you know, any more people that we can get who will come in and see what it's like, you know, that's great. 
and um, people who might have not been there for years might go like, oh yeah, the blind tiger, let's go, let's go check that out. And we tried, you know, really to make sure that everyone has a good experience and great beers. I mean, for me, I keep thinking that, well, I'm going to keep this book next to my bed. And anytime I think, at least in my mind of traveling, I'm going to go to, to the book first. And that's, is that kind of what you want yeah, to that be was a resource? Idea because it's a, you know, it's a big book. It's a coffee table book, uh, a bedside book, a toilet read, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, it's meant to be browsed and, you know, read, the, you know, read the entries pretty quickly and, and it's organized uh, numerically, chronologically by, no, I'm trying to help you out, by, uh, <laughs> yeah, how's by it organized? Proximity, yeah. Best right? to so, worst? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm you right, know, it so starts with you New were, York, right? If you were thinking about traveling to a destination, they are clumped together numerically, by chronologically. Region. By, right? region, by region, yeah, geographically. So it's uh, a lot of U.S., um, the first three chapters are U.S., um, and then Canada, Mexico, the Americas, two chapters on Europe, um, a chapter on the Middle East and Africa, um, and then Australia, New Zealand, and Asia. Well, let's just go to Europe then. And, and just looking at the pictures, like Copenhagen always jumps out. Yeah. Everybody knows about <clears throat> McKellar, but um, what, what are some other places... Like you, I like that you mix in beer bars as well as breweries. Yeah, so it's not just breweries. I mean, in most of the world, visiting breweries isn't really a thing like it is in you know most of the U.S. I think you got to go to bars and and visit them. But uh, in Copenhagen, you know, there's a lot of really cool bars. There's one called Cool Ship that has like probably one of the best lambic selections in in the world. Um, it's a lot of vintage stuff that's from a personal collection, so you're gonna find stuff there that you would never see anywhere else. Um, and then, yeah, some breweries, too. You got Amager, Amager Brugis, which right. is Denmark. And then, Evan, you, you, when I mentioned Hook Norton, t- tell us about Hook Norton, because that's another thing about this book. It, 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 it's kind of like the original, that great Michael Jackson book, where you could see the different sure. places in the world. I forgot all about Hook Norton. Ten years ago, I used to drink their beers from Shelton Brothers. What, what, what's unique about them? Well, I believe they still function in this uh, very vertical brewery. Yeah. That has from the top instead of using pumps and augers, things that require a lot of power to move uh, grain upwards and move water upwards and around and pump through. They're almost entirely a gravity-fed um, breweries. I've never been there, but I, I'm a nerd when it comes to old beer stuff and the way that it operates um, is is it seems really romantic and beautiful and those things I aspire to up at the farm. But to have that, you know, to have the water at the very top that's coming down and milling at the very top and all those things that come down eventually that, you know, these things that now we think of maybe are uh, environmentally economic because you're not using power or whatever. These things came out of necessity because you didn't have you didn't have engines or motors or modern sense augers or any of those things, you know. Yeah, and then well, you know, tell us more. And they make beautiful three and a half percent real ale. Are they you still pull out of a pump here? and you have or, uh, mustache. That's why I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't seen their beer around. I, I love that it's in the book, Evan. Tell us again, because so you obviously have places like that on your bucket list or in your mind. Yeah, I haven't been there. I well, somehow subscribe. Tell to us their another newsletter. one. I don't know. How. Tell us when, another one that's in your mind. Of in that realm. Any realm of the old I've style never been to beers. Cantillon. I've never been to Brussels. I've never been to Belgium in my life, and yet I make a lot of beers in this in this country that I'm very um, honored and 
almost embarrassed to be included in those styles of beer and spontaneous beer making and things like that. I've never been there. There's part of that for me that I don't want to go because, you know, never meet your heroes kind of thing. You know? I'm going to go there and I'm like, really? This is what but the good is? news what? is you can drink that beer pretty regularly. Can't but you, is that, that's, but. You, you think that way, never meet your heroes? Tell us more about that. Wow. So I'm gonna lay down on the couch. Um, I think I think that there is uh, I mean I'm I haven't cur- trimmed his beard since I last saw him. So. Yeah, and I have glasses. And so. he's been doing barbecue recently. I'm, so. <laughs> I'm like uh, my friend says when I put glasses on because I never have glasses and I look like a buffoon. He's like, You're like um, Denise Richards in the Bond movie. You're like the fake scientist. I get a lot more. <laughs> okay, so n- never meet your heroes. This never meet your heroes. Well, I, I, I construct all of what we do at Plan B Farm Brewery out of this wild sense of what I understand um, to be true, and then I recreate it through historical things that are that aren't really based in science or, I mean, it's just based in tradition. I I love tradition. I love the sense of regionality and all those things. So I think if I went to Orval or if I went to Cantillon, things that probably the two most influential breweries to me from a taste perspective, I don't know if I would gain something from it. I think I might be jaded by it. And I'm just worried about that. I don't know. What about you, Catherine? You've been to a lot of breweries, uh, been around the beer scene a long time. I have been around the beer scene for a long time, but I haven't been to a ton of breweries, and I've never been to Belgium, and I've never been to my bucket list breweries. That's what I look forward to, really digging into this book and seeing, all right, help planning a trip and maybe eventually making it there. <laughs> well, I've, I feel kind of like, I'm, I'm, for me, it's like this book, I'm going to live vicariously. It's going to remind me of the beers I really want to yeah. drink, and I'm going to drink them here in New York City, maybe. Yeah, that's what I, I was, I was going to yeah. say. Like, just because you can't travel there, you know, it's also recommendations for beers to look for, like Cantillon, Orval, on the shelf, which are pretty re- readily available in most major cities in the U.S. Yeah. Now, let's do one more beer. Um, uh, I don't know what's you next. Do this one? So you brought some Plan B, or what did you bring? No, forget it. Let's do a Plan B beer. No, Catherine. Let's do a plan B. Catherine brought a Plan you want B. Try that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys open that, Catherine. What were you going to say? I said I could probably do it with my ring. Let's see if that's true. <laughs> it with the wax. Get the. Uh, yeah, with the wax. Um, so, I've been to you know quite a few breweries around New York, and but. I haven't been to a ton everywhere except for some in California, some in New York. But there are so many good breweries everywhere. And that's what I love about the arrangement of this book is that it is by region. So you can say, okay, I'm going to be traveling to the Southwest. What's, what is there? And you can open the book and you know, find out what is there that you might be interested in. So I think that's a, a really great thing about the book. But we are living in an age where so, so many different types and styles and breweries, beers are available in New York. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, it might inspire you to say like, oh, yeah, I have seen that brewery. I'm going to check it out now that I know something about it from reading about it in this book. I think that's a great. No, it reminds me of like Kermit Lynch Adventures on the Wine Route. You know, he would go to same thing about meeting your heroes. He would go to a winery and he'd end up sitting down and drinking iced tea with the family for lunch. They were a little more businesslike than he expected, and that killed his dream. So <laughs> I don't know if you went through this. Are there any places? That's a great <laughs> book. I love I mean, that was that's a book I've read many times and never done the the traveling but you know it, it reminds me of wines to look for when i'm shopping for wine well that's what's good about uh, to me an inspiring book about wine or beer is that that person did the drudgery and the hard work <laughs> and we can sit back and enjoy but for you like were, were there places that i'm sure a lot of the places you've never been to 
Um, are there some that you actually want to go to now that because yeah, so I didn't write any of the Australia and New Zealand uh, chapters or chapter in this book. Um, uh, another freelancer did, and I mean, I would I've been to Australia, but it's been a long time and uh, before I was into beer, and I would love to go there and, and travel and and uh, visit the breweries and and see what's going on. But uh, so maybe I'll I'll use her recommendations when I go there. That's great. Uh, so this next beer is is a Plan B beer. Yes, I brought it. Um, you brought it to surprise Evan. <laughs> I was choosing beers, and I said, "Oh, look, I've got a Plan B beer. I'm going to bring it." And um, interestingly, I think uh, this is probably about two years old, and I haven't had my first sip of it. But I think Evan brought the same. The beer that's the most recent version of it. Yeah. yeah. So we'll taste side by side. Is this yeah. barn beer? It is our barn beer, the yeah. beer of the barn. This is so interesting for me to taste. It's it's very different. <laughs> but we culture yeast every um, So every fall what's your spring. barn beer, Evan? Our barn beer is, is the beer of the barn. It's the most simple. It's the beer that I think of, um, like I mentioned, Orval, to be um, a little bit dry hot, uh, a mixed fermentation that sits in the bottle, just gets better and more interesting over time. But also all the beers are fermented differently. So there's, well, not all of the beers, but from from the fall to the spring, we have a yeast. And from the spring to the fall, from harvesting from our raw honey, we culture a yeast. So this this yeast in particular, with a little bit of age on it from this two-year-old beer that Catherine brought, it's got this, like, some, it's kind of still sweet, surprisingly. There's a sweetness to it, which you won't get in the fresh one. And then there's a big grapey note, which I get yeah. sometimes from from culturing yeast, but I haven't had it in a long time. So it's like, it's like an old friend. So my bucket list might be going through like a, a good beer bar, like blind tiger and pulling out some old bottles like this. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's something I would highly recommend or your old place, Jimmy too. So how, how, yeah. how did, how did you um, like pick this beer for today? And where was it? Do you have like a special section in your I do. Lock-in? So in the cold box, I, I have a section where either I pull a bottle or if, you know, it, um, Justin has said that, you know, Cantillon's readily available, and I don't think it's that readily available. <laughs> I mean, you don't so have his to travel. circles. Yeah, there. in his circles there. You don't no, have so to travel to, to no, Belgium you, to get you it. You can find but, it, absolutely. Right, yeah. But, for instance, when I get a case, you know, maybe I get six bottles at the Blind Tiger. So what am I really going to do with that? Am I going to put it on the list, and then, like, the first six people who see it are going to be super lucky and get it? I do that once in a while, but more often what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull it aside, and then if someone is there and they're celebrating an anniversary, I'll pull out a special bottle. Yeah. Or, you know, come to a show like this where, you know, I'll, I'll look at my selection of, you know, what bottles I've pulled. And my bartenders can do that, too. They, they have the, you know, ability to say, oh, so something special is going on here. Let's pull that bottle out. And, you know, I figure, like, that's that's the best way I can contribute with something like a six-pack of Cantillon, which is just to try to get it out to different people at different times at an appropriate um And then you place. cement that experience in their minds. This is when I had these weird, wacky <laughs> flavors that I had somehow loved. Yeah. And then that's why Blind Tiger is, an, is the cornerstone institution of New York city craft beer in my opinion so let, let's let's open let's open a fresh version of barnyard too and then we can talk it's about that barnard <laughs> jimmy barnard um justin you know how, how many states are in the, in the book and how many countries i think all 50 states are in the book i don't know how many countries a lot um uh, yeah th- dozens <laughs> i'll say 
And when, when did you start working on the book? Remember, the last book was it Scratch and Sniff? Yeah, so first book is Scratch and Sniff. I know you didn't consider that a book, Jimmy, because you didn't <laughs> have me on the show. <laughs> I want that book. It's a great book. Uh, the Scratch and Sniff are probably not going to work anymore. They weren't working great to begin with. So. <laughs> you mean the t- technology? The That's scratch. right. The technology is a little uh, Maybe off. one day. It also had the worst publication date ever, December 26, 2017. <laughs> so you got buried after Christmas. There is a there is a publication error. Maybe your the, daughter will grow up to make the greatest scratch and sniff beer book of all time. <laughs> there's another one that came out after that one, actually. There's so there's two scratch and sniff beer books, and now and there's also two bucket list beer books. So. Oh yeah, yeah. But so when did you start working on this book? Uh, I started working on it last year, probably in October, November, and spent you know six to six, seven, eight months working on it. So yeah, I like a the, lot of research. I like a lot the of... turn of phrases too. I mean, it's it's really entertaining. Um, Thanks. Yeah, it's a it's a big project. I'll tell you some of the places I want to go. Like it, it reminded me, if anything, it reminds me of what we've had so many guests over the years, and I know you've been part of that, Justin. It's like uh, Toronto. I remember the guys, yeah. Barvolo. Barvolo, they, Thomas, yeah. He founded the Cast Festival in Toronto. That's right. That's in there. And uh, he just opened a new bar. I think it's called Barvolo again, but the original location, uh, or maybe it's Birificio Volo or something like that. Yeah, but the one, I opened a Toronto page, and there's a yeah. huge picture of his Cast Fest. I mean, it started as like 150 people. Have you been to that, Evan? We haven't been to that, but he came up to the barn and got ca- a cask from us. For yeah, that, I mean, that's like a but passion yeah, project. He's a great, uh, great resource. Comes from a family of distribution. Is that right? Am I he right? comes from a, f- a restaurant family. Yeah. yeah, in Toronto. And let's talk about. Um, so Tommy Arthur. The introduction is written by him. Yep. I mean, give us his backstory. One of these like craft beer pioneers. Yeah. I've, so I've never met him. So <clears throat> Tommy is. Uh, I've known him for a few years, but he started off at Port Brewing in San Diego, and uh, you know, a few years later, founded the Lost Abbey. I brought a beer here. I don't think we should open it yet, but uh, maybe in a little bit. But, you know, when we were thinking about who's going to write the foreword, I thought somebody somebody that is a good writer and is also, you know, has a history in the beer industry. So someone like Garrett Oliver or Tommy first came to mind, and uh, we approached uh, Tommy, and he was on board. So I think he wrote a very, very generous uh, foreword. Yeah, it's, it's really great. And yeah. he's, he's lost to Abby, so we're, we'll taste that later. And Catherine? I, I brought a beer, actually, the Deux Amis, which is a collaboration between Lost Abbey and Saison DuPont. Nice. And we actually did an event at the Blind Tiger where both Tommy Arthur and Olivier, I'm going to mess his last name up, but it's De Decker. Um, but he's, that sounds right. Okay, De Decker. <laughs> Olivier and Tommy were there. And it, it was fascinating to hear them talk because Olivier is fourth generation in the DuPont family. And his whole life, he's gone to the brewery every day and brewed the same beer. Yeah. And then when he did this collaboration with Tommy Arthur from Lost Abbey, the whole conceit was, okay, use the techniques in the yeast from Saison DuPont, but bring in some American hops and, and Tommy's you know, ability to work with those American hops. And so they did. And so Olivier talked about how when he came into the brewery that day and everything smelled different <laughs> and it just blew his mind just you know coming to work and having it smell different but did they make the beer in belgium or california they made it in belgium well uh, i think was that three years ago uh, 2016 2016 yeah. we did a show we did a live show with them yeah. so you so you brought that beer yes, today yes great so evan this other barn beer what what what's you have the second barn beer? oh this the is like one? the uh, freshest batch of it it's it might be i i wonder i was trying to smell both of them 
quickly to be like, am I a brewery? Because <laughs> these two things are so completely different. They are very different. Under wow. the same, I smell hops, right? Same skew. Well, that's what deteriorates over the years. And there's seasonalities. There's um, bi, uh, annual vintages. So, like, this beer changes. It has the same principle in creation. But even this, and like, this was a beer that was brewed in the summer where I have to add a lot more hops. Just frankly, because I'm cool shipping th- everything. To and preserve it. Yeah, just so things don't drop in acidity, and it's a very fresh version. So it's almost like that previous beer without that saccharine oxidation, plus a bunch of fresh hops. It's kind of so interesting. Honestly, if for me, and it's they're really just completely animal. different. So every batch is a completely different beer. No, I mean it's every batch is the same thing, but I'm dealing with uh, malt, a maltster, Dennis Nessel. Who's malting Hudson barley? Valley. Yeah, but malting barley from vintages of grown, particular one plot of six row organic barley over the years, and it changes every year in yeah. moisture content and protein content. Don levels. It's like vintage same. malt. So everything, yeah, and hops as well. So hops, I've had hop guys in the New York State that have fallen out that just don't even the hops that were in the previous one we have they're not even a hop farm anymore right because so. you're a New York State farm brewery so you use I am but I'm also before that I only used 100% New York State ingredients including including the uh, mic, uh, microflora and fermenting cultures um, so from the very beginning it was all about that and that malt came from a fish tank in uh, north of Binghamton so like because it was the only malt <laughs> it, was the, it was the only malt in New York State at the time I bought the first bag of uh, legal New York State malt and and that was the first batch of beer oh you told me that was what was the guy's name Marty Matrazo at a farmhouse malt and beer farmhouse yeah. malt and ale yeah now they're a successful brewery up there in the Binghamton region yeah but anyways, I, the difference, if you're asking the difference, is this one is the difference of six years of brewing beer. This is four years of brewing beer and the malts and um, hops that were available at that time, and it changes constantly. Wow, this is, this is on my bucket list, hanging out For with sure. Justin, yeah. Evan, and, and Catherine. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Hey. hey, let's just take a short break now. Uh, we'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. 
Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe, taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Tickets available now at heritageradionetwork.org gala. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. You heard that. Next Monday, November 11th, it's Heritage Radio Network's 10th annual gala celebrating 10 years of food radio. Uh, we'll also be honoring the HRN Hall of Fame inductees. I happen to be on the list, but also as Evan Watson and uh, Garrett Oliver and quite a few other uh, beer notables. So check it out, heritageradionetwork.org. So we're drinking beer, talking about uh, Justin Kennedy's uh, bucket beer list book <laughs> close enough jimmy the bucket list beer <laughs> 1000 adventures pubs breweries and festivals you can just say bucket list beer that's bucket all. list beer yeah but um we're having a great time tasting a bunch of beers so the whole bucket list thing is pretty interesting um sometimes i resist that concept until i realize that we all live our life that way um you know to me, the great like beer book that everyone was inspired by, you know, 25 years ago, the Michael Jackson book. And of course, yeah. It was similar in that it really showcased the places in the world, except there was only like probably a hundred places to go back then. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there were a lot more, but he really did the footwork and highlighting it, especially for American audiences. You know, having those books published here, and I definitely relied on a lot of those older Michael Jackson books when I was researching for this book because they're it's, they're still relevant and you know indispensable and i feel like there's like definitely like a ipa focus or american craft beer focus in in so many american craft beer drinkers um how did you get the international focus to this book well i mean we wanted to highlight so many different regions and you know whatever's going on here is being copied around the world right now with you know especially in europe uh new zealand australia the hazy ipa thing the the big sweet uh pastry stouts or whatever but um, you know, I wanted to look at traditional uh, breweries as well that have been doing this for a long time and aren't just, you know, the flavor of the week or whatever. So, um, you know, looking at a, lo- a lot of those Michael Jackson books, other other books and, you know, just drinking beer from, I guess, imported beer, importers that I like, you know, Shelton Brothers, uh, Marchand de Vin and places like that so did you have complete control over, over the content yeah i did uh well except for the chapters i didn't write so. <laughs> yeah but yeah i did that's great god do you guys have any questions for justin about the book yeah i mean how did you decide which regions to cover or how to divide that up well we wanted to include like pretty much something in every state which was a little tough because you know i haven't really been doing much research in like nebraska or whatever but there are some great breweries there um but, uh, you know, we wanted to, like, have a big, diverse, like, list that if you're going somewhere, you can look up in this book, you know, find something that's in the region that you're going to. So we wanted it to be, like, widespread. Um, so there's places in, you know, India and Ethiopia and, you know, 
a lot of different countries in there. So it's, you know, it was a, it was a tough process just to put the list together. But, you know, once we did that, we started writing and uh, finding other people to help out. So it was cool. Evan, do you have a question for Justin? I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> you can ramble, too. What? Just talk, Evan. Are you accusing me of a, being a bit of a rambler? No, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I uh, The effort, I mean, I will say as an endorsement that I know Justin, I've known Justin for a while. He uh, procures the talent for this uh, this very radio uh, well, show. Well, I used to. I'm not. Uh, yes, well. Yeah. Long time, over six years. Yeah. Remorsed. Um, and that of other uh, podcasts that we are not able to name. Yeah, steal his beer. Come on. <laughs> because you'll start, You'll. it's like a, it's like a um, Lord Voldemort scenario. You can't say his name. Um, you'll summon him. The, uh, <laughs> I'll say, though, uh, knowing you over, okay, the, over the time, I can see your... <laughs> Carton boat beers in the book. Yes. Over, over half, a, maybe half a decade, I've been able to see the way that you've dealt with different breweries, different flavors, what you gravitate towards, what you don't. And to me, it seems like you are a great curator of um, of beer in this country and other countries as well, I guess. Or well, you, thank you, Evan. you respect somebody and know somebody. You have a high um, watermark for what what is good and 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 so and what is drinkable and what is a good experience. So I would I, would, I guess a question maybe it, it harkens too far back, but where did that come from? Where you grew up in Virginia? Is that right? Yeah, so I grew up in Virginia, rural and, Virginia, like. You came here and you're a writer. Yep. First and foremost, let's not disrespect the craft of writing. And then from there, how uh, did you get into writing about beer in particular? Um, So I started writing about beer like in 2012, I think. I was going to NYU for the food studies program. And I really wanted to be a food writer and not a beer writer at all. Um, But, you know, when I was going to NYU, I would go to places like the Blind Tiger I would go to Jimmy's place. I would go to Swift Hibernation Lounge. And, you know, there are so many cool places there to drink. And, you know, just going to the Tiger for the first time. And see, I remember I had, like, Hill Farmstead in 2010 or 2011, I think. And, like, just wondering, like, what the hell is this? Like, you walk in there and there's, like, the newest cool stuff. And then they also have, like, vintage kegs and other. It's, like, just in a, a really inspiring place to to drink and like getting interested in beer through that. I mean, I was interested in it before, but, um, you know, it was just like being around stuff like that, seeing the breadth of beer and like what it was becoming. It was just, you know, really inspiring. So were that's there, how I got interested. Were there beer writers that you looked up to in particularly at that time? Yeah. I remember meeting Christian, uh, Benedetti there who now owns a brewery called sure. wolves people. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, he rode uh, the Great American Ale Trail, and I remember just happening upon the Tiger one night, and he was doing his book launch there with Garrett Oliver, I believe. This was a few years ago. And, uh, yeah, like him, Michael Jackson. Um, I'll even say my good friend Josh Bernstein has been an inspiration for, uh, you know, for for writing. That's great. And over the years, as part of it, you've, you've put together some really cool things. I remember... One year, I don't know how many years ago, it was at Folks Beer when Folks Beer was just opening. You put yeah. together a really cool tasting. It was like there was a Folks Beer dry hop pills cask. 
Remember that event? How did you put that together? And was that the industry event? I don't know. It was an industry event that you did, but you brought. Yeah, we in used to do like kind one of room. There were more brewers than I've ever seen. It was only brewers. Yeah, so we used to do some industry events there at Travis's place before they got started. So we would essentially just get people to. We would invite everybody in town and ask them to to bring a to bring beer. Actually, we would actually just invite them and then they would say, oh, do you want me to bring beer? And we're like, no, not really, just come hang out. But then they would always bring beer. So um, that was just like, I don't know, having fun, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, asking people to donate stuff, which is, it's a little tough these days. It was kind of like a private festival, though, you know? It was cool. No, you've, you've really been involved in things and it's been great, haven't you? One show that you did, I worked on with me, I remember it, it Years ago, the controversy about contract brewing oh, was such a big deal, and <laughs> we we had some some brewers that were really outspoken who later stopped talking about it. Yeah, but remember we did we did the kind of the full list of contract brewing. Remember that you had six categories, <laughs> I and don't it was it, that. it got more and more complicated because it was like okay, you contract, then there's but then you have things like like two roads where it's actually was just being built to contract, and, and it was, what are gypsy brewers? Yeah, it was at, but it was at a very right. That, that's what some of the things that we've worked on together, Justin. And thank you because we've covered the whole scene. It was like back then contract brewing was a big deal, and now there's places that are being built to to brew other people's beers. Uh, yeah, I think the twelve uh, percent place just opened up in Connecticut. They're uh, instead of they were like a, I don't even know what they're called anymore. They're not a are they a distributor? They so are. I've heard yeah. of them as a distributor. Yeah. But they now have a brewery up in Connecticut, um, North Haven, I think it's called, the, the town's called, and they're making beers for all those different brands they have. It's yeah, really cool. Brian Strumpke just stopped in the Tiger, and he told me he'd just been up there to, you know, see the facility and meet yeah. everybody, and he's, you know, with Stillwater, you know, one of the 12% people. Yep. Yeah, let's talk more. So other, other changes like that. I mean, There's like so many changes. Five yeah. years ago, contract brewing was like this bad word. <laughs> Gypsy was cool. Now we all do it. Um, what about you, Catherine? What have you seen? Like, in some, even just forget ten years. The last five years, so much has changed. Like, if we wrote this book, I bet in five years, oh, five years ago, if you wrote this book, it'd be outdated. Yeah, for sure, it's already outdated. <laughs> no, it's still good. <laughs> I'll carry it to my grave. <laughs> it's a lot. No, everything changes, and uh, the biggest change that I see is just the sheer volume of breweries that have opened up, and you know, a lot. You know, a lot of breweries are opening up at a. I'm going to say, a better quality than breweries used to open up. So that's kind of, that's a good thing to see. Um, you always have to be aware of just because something's like new that it's not necessarily going to be great, but that doesn't mean you don't support them. You support them because people need to learn and grow and grow into their brewery and grow into brewing. Um, so I, I, to me, like the, you know, just the amount of brewers that there are and amount of breweries that there are is the biggest change. Obviously, the whole hazy IPA is a big thing. And what I think about with that, though, is how that's going to affect the change in the next five years. Because a lot of people were brought into the beer world with the hazy IPAs, juicy IPAs as being their gateway craft beer. And so what does that lead to in terms of the next step as their palate changes? And I have no idea. But those are you know some changes that have happened and might happen. Hey, quick, let's pop two more beers. Evan? What about for you? I mean, when I when I think about your place, let's talk about your place. You're on the list, Hudson Valley Breweries. Yeah. I mean, we were there in 2016. You were still just like fixing that barn. Yeah. What have you done since 2016? You've like torn down buildings and with my bare hands. Yeah, but <laughs> I was there with you when you when you had so your cool ship is like on the side of the barn. You open the barn doors and you can just the cool ship kind of goes out on these beams and it gets all the air. Tell me, tell, tell me some it's of the systems all again. All the air, Jimmy. All the air. <laughs> it's like, give me more air. 
what's yeah, well, what, what's happened is that it's become a uh, more of a destination. I mean, maybe it was people, you know, people always want the thing that what it was before when it was barely touched. And when we used to have a, our old tent revivals out in the middle of a field, essentially, the gospel of wild beer, um, snake handling. No, we didn't do snake handling. <laughs> that was up to the patrons individually. There are a lot of snakes. But um, now we have this beautiful barn uh, that we've renovated. Me and my buddy Robbie Gill helped uh, finish all the interior of it. And it's... Um, it's like a really tucked in weird place of Poughkeepsie, New York, which is a large city in a sense. And Vassar College is sure, up there. We're, we're a mile and a half from Vassar College. I can walk to the train station, the last stop on the Metro North. Um, and yet we have we're surrounded by 500 acres of zoned agriculture that dates back to the 1700s. And the buildings that we've renovated date back to the 1800s. And it's a, it's a spot where you can come up and just get sucked right back into that time, hopefully. We just built a beautiful stage where um, I've been booking some uh, of my friends that live and play down in, in this region. And it's been, it's been great. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's changed quite, quite a lot. I mean, we still have a cool ship that wants all the air, Jimmy. But also, you know, there's more air to be uh, consumed by patrons and, uh, <laughs> and that of uh, different beers. And yeah, it's, it's fancy now. It's you not know, fancy. If we go back, go back in the time machine, just back to 2016. Well, back then you were selling what? You could only get your beers at CSAs that you hosted. At the Beacon Farmer's Market. And people could, yeah. what, some days they could show up at like the, the, your driveway and buy beer. But you didn't really have a place for people to There's gather. There's a lot of folklore surrounding those <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, originally it was like a tiny little, when I bought that, that bag of malt from a fish tank, <laughs> we used to sell it out the back. Uh, I had a 16 by 10 foot shack where I was making beer. And but people are welcome there. So we could, if I'm up in Poughkeepsie, so. I should check out you. Do you know, there's another guy up there, Kings Court. How's uh, he Cortland. doing? Yeah, Cortland. Yeah, I know him well. Uh, Emily and I, my, uh, my wife and I, and my child, Ellie, we moved into the, the, building that they've been renovating uh 40 cannon street in downtown poughkeepsie and they've been trying to inject some cool stuff into poughkeepsie and that is one of those things and also zeus brewing with a meat ram who came from he was the head brewer at peakskill brewery for the last two years and previously a couple years at newburgh brewery that's also being established right now and is uh, set to open within uh within this month or next month wow so justin ne next year you got two week free vacation sponsored uh where are you gonna go from your your bucket list <laughs> where from your book where would you go what what city and what are some things you want to do anywhere in the world anywhere in the world probably bomberg germany uh to drink uh smoke beer <laughs> Rausch beer yeah um to marsbrow to schlinkerla to uh those are probably the two in speciale but uh yeah, that's that's kind of my that my type of place. Like the whole Franconian region, it's just beers that you can drink a lot of and feel good about. So that that's a place where like you've got this history, you've got these heroes. Yeah. Do you think that it's still apparently this still lives up to its name, doesn't it? I think it does. I mean, it depends on what you're into. If you're if you're not into that style of beer, if you're you know doing beer tourism and you're <laughs> only searching for what's new and exciting, <laughs> exciting. Um, the, <laughs> then uh, you might be disappointed, but I, you know, to me, that's the type of place I want to go—a place that has history, that 
has you know a lot of really good uh, classic styles, and you know is in some ways like new and inspiring to me because it's not like something that I've thought that much. You know, Michael Jackson once called it the fifth element. Wow, what's the fifth element? Smoke. Smoke. Yeah. What are the other four? Well, the other you know beer ingredients. Whatever you call them. Malt, <laughs> hops, yeast. Water. Water. <laughs> and smoke. And smoke. The fifth element. That's in the Discovery Channel, 1989 Discovery Channel series, The Beer Hunter. Wow, that is very awesome, man. So speaking of Cool Ship beers, this one might have turned a little bit, but uh, we're drinking Allagash's Ooh. Cool Ship Red. Uh, I think it's from 2014, so it's a little little old. It's a little wow. tart for my palate. but so if you got that, were you at Allagash to get it, or did you get like samples here in New York? I probably got that at Allagash at some point. I don't remember, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, that's what number is what number is Allagash? It's probably number your... three or four in the book, right? Because yeah. it starts in May. It starts right? in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> it does start in Maine. So let's go through Maine quick. We have a few more minutes. So uh, Maine, uh, everyone's jazz about it. There's a Pills Festival. Pills and love. Let's yeah. let's talk about our trip to Maine next summer. Yeah, Pills and Love. Well, next summer I think it'll be back in California, but uh, um, Maine Beer Company, Oxbow Brewing, uh, Navari Res is one of my favorite bars in the world. Um, Bearded Ladies Jewel Box. I don't know that one. Oh, it's incredible. It's this really fancy, not really, but a guy had a speakeasy in his apartment that then became <laughs> became a, an amazing cocktail bar full of full of like tool that they're shining rainbows on and it's the best cocktails ever. Beard Sounds ladies great. jewel box. That's my favorite. I can tell a lot of lobster rolls too. Is that in Portland, Maine? Portland, Maine. Yeah. yeah keep going. Let's talk Maine. Catherine, have you been up there? I have. I've, I had a great time. Um, the people at Allagash, number one, they they just roll out the hospitality like nobody, no other incredible. brewery in the world. And yeah, it's incredible. You go there and you just, you feel special and, you know, it's an amazing experience. And they're at the end of a street called, I think it's Industrial Road? Industrial Way. Industrial yeah. Way. Yep. And then kind of on, you know, in the lead up too, there's a, a little complex where there's usually three or four breweries that that are going right there. And breweries that have started there are breweries <laughs> like Main Brewing Company, Bissell Brothers. Yep. A few others. Um, Foundation Brewing. Foundation. I don't know if they're still there or not, but yeah, it's like a little incubator for yeah. <laughs> new breweries. Yeah, it is, and it's and it's uh, to me like it's such a great great little strip because you know you get Allagash, which which is you know just one of the classics, and then you get all this innovation happening right next to it. And um, you know, I was talking to Dave Cleveland once from Maine Brewing this years ago. I think it was when he came down for the Brewer's Choice and when he brought bottles, not even a keg at that time. Yeah. And he was talking about how great it was to be starting across from a place like Allagash because when he had issues or anything like that, he would just, you know, kind of run over there and be like, hey, this thing is happening. What, you know, what do you recommend? Or do you have this thing that I need? And everyone's just, you know, very sharing and, you know, helping everybody yeah. develop. And I think that's part of what has led to Maine, especially Portland, Maine, and, you know, the whole area being such a great place for beer. For beer, that's true. That's it to go out there. But I will say real quick, shout out the uh, Eventide Oyster Company, then Honey Paw, oh yep. then across the street you got Duck Fat, then you go around the corner you got Bob's <laughs> Clam Hut, then you go up to Oxbill Beer and Blending, across the street there you got Izakaya Manaka and Terralingua. Just saying. And uh, Rising Tide's right there. Rising too, Tide is there, and there's a mead maker right there. But then yep. you go down by the, you got Jay's Oyster, and you've got a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I Central love provisions. provisions. So you, you love Portland, Maine. And, and Re Rye, which is a, an Irish bar if you want a good pint of Guinness. Too. 
And don't forget Eli from Urban Farm Fermentary. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I want to go to Portland, Maine. Yeah, I know. Best, yeah. That's the place ever, man. Well, this is a great book, uh, Shaheen, Justin. You got, you got to get Let's it. read yes. from the cover. Captain, you read off the cover because I can't read it. Oh, I can't read it. you <laughs> yeah. got to do it. you got your glasses. Uh, what's up? Oh. Let's read the cover and the name. <laughs> <laughs> this is how low we're going. Jimmy. The Bucket List Beer. A Thousand Adventures, Pubs, Breweries, Festivals. Justin Kennedy. Forward. By Tommy Author. <laughs> and uh, one more thing. So, I said ju- author. Justin, like, all your time. Like what, I was from Long Island. <laughs> there must, author. There author. must have been one beer sessions ready that, that you worked on that you really remembered, um, or the booking or the guest that stands out for you. Uh, yeah, the one with uh, Tony McGee from Lagunitas actually is one that stands out. He flew in when he released a book, actually. And uh, I just remember that. That was amazing. We reached out to him, and he literally flew in for the show. Yeah, he had uh, a much bigger budget for publicity than I do. I rode my bike here. I didn't even (laughs) get subway fare. only has one gear. (laughs) It's not a fixie, despite... uh, I know, I'm making a joke, buddy. It's the radio. Well, it's been great having you guys. Um, Any last thoughts, Catherine? Oh, I, um, I just think it's... I love this book, and I think it's such a great expression of the glory time and beer that we're living and so everyone go out and try something new and go somewhere new Taylor, there's so many places to go for, just from doing the show over the years and looking at looking at the book it brought back so many great memories justin great I mean, you know uh places in england i want to go hook and hook norton our friends uh st mark's of the desert st mark's of the desert st mark uh, sheffield england um <laughs> places Piquette, yeah. what about any places in california i know you you've been out to some festivals there We'll just wrap it up with California. Yeah, I mean, Firestone Walker Festival is definitely a bucket list worthy thing if you can get a ticket to it. Um, it's a it's a one day festival that's in a less than ideal setting of Paso Robles, uh, <laughs> but it's it's a it's a really cool event with lots of brewers from around the world, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, and then also, I mean. A uh, place like Santa Darius is really cool to visit. I don't know. There's so much you can do in California. It's great. Guys, we're going to wrap it up. Everyone, just one more time, just say your name and your affiliation. Yeah, Justin Kennedy, author of uh, Bucket List Beer. That's it. Evan Watson, Plan B Farm Brewery. Catherine Kyle, Blind Tiger. Well, thanks, you guys, so much for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. If you have questions for us at Beer Sessions Radio, you can email us now at askbeersessionsradio at gmail.com, and we'll answer on the air. Next week, we'll be talking about Cider Week, so reach out with questions for our cider experts. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producer, Justin, uh, Justin Kennedy, forever. <laughs> Emeritus, thank you, bro. Over six years, and you're the rock star. Uh, new producer, Dylan Hoyer. Our intern, Kevin Chang Barnum, who's been doing it for a while. And our engineer extraordinaire, Matt Patterson. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Cheers. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. 
Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.